Welcome into the first episode of the Wrangler Dynasty Podcast. I'm your host, B. Joined here today with my co-host, Tom. The commissioner. And my other co-host, Kevin. How's it going? Unfortunately, Holbrook couldn't be here today for the first episode. Um, that's all right. Maybe you can make it next week, but we'll we're just going to move on without him. Uh, so yeah, let's just get right into it. We started this podcast because we love to talk about fantasy football and... We just started up a new Dynasty League that's apart from our uh, standard redraft league that we are usually in, so we figured it would be a perfect opportunity to uh, talk about it, give our thoughts. Yeah, definitely need to give some, uh, deliver some education to uh, some of the members in the league. You know, a lot of them have been playing fantasy for a long time, uh, still just, you know, no strategy, you don't know much. This is just a, a quick and easy listen for the boys, you know, just going over our Dynasty League here. Yeah, uh, this is basically going out towards Sean. Uh, he's really bad at football, fantasy football. Um, but to be honest, I shouldn't really talk that much because I've been playing fantasy football for about eight years, and I have yet to win a championship. But 2020 is my year, and this podcast is hopefully going to lead me in the right direction. Yeah, so... Uh I just hope that this could be a success for us, and this will be the first of many episodes, and uh, we could continue on throughout the year. Uh, how we're going to start it off with is, uh, before the, the draft, we're going to go through our player rankings through uh, different positions. Today, starting with running backs, and then we're going to get into wide receivers, quarterbacks, tight ends, and then before our draft at the end of August, we're going to do some draft prep, and mock drafts yeah. with that. And then you got to make note of like what the scoring is for our league. Yeah, so we have a 10-man league, a half-point PPR. We're going to have 25-man rosters. I believe we're going to have one quarterback, two running back, two wide receiver, two flex, one kicker, and we are still deciding if we're going to have a defense because I'm kind of leading towards no with that because... Defenses are kind of just unpredictable, especially with Dynasty. True. Yeah, I kind of feel like one of the cool parts about uh, predict about playing Dynasty is just like predicting those young skill players and uh, just being able to draft that young talent. Um, when you play IDP, um, which is uh, like a single defensive player, um, I mean, it does add a lot to the game, but uh, I mean, honestly, it's a lot that we're not used to. I think it would be a huge leap from uh, the normal standard league that we play. Um, but I mean, it, it could be something we could look into, but to me, I think like evaluating a whole defense, um, just completely changes the dynamic of dynasty. Um, and it's just not something that I'm a huge fan of. I, I've played my only dynasty league with a kicker in defense. Um, and, and, you know, defenses are just kind of a boring roster filler in my opinion. Um, so that's just my take on it. Yeah. I never really thought about it in that sense. I always thought we were actually going to do a defense, but now when you actually mention it, it's kind of true because... When you have a regular player, it's only one player, but when you do a defense, it's 11 different players, and every year a defense usually loses like some kind of key player, which really could change the whole defense. Like, For example, obviously I'm going to talk about the Patriots, but they lost like four key players right off uh, for the 2020 season, and then just today a couple other players opted out. So defenses are kind of unpredictable yeah. from season to season. Definitely, because it seems like every year whatever for whatever is the – Number one defense the year prior always ends up like the Bears. Yeah, they'll always end up being worse than the next year. So that's just something to think about. We'll we'll bring it to a league vote. We um, got about uh, thirty days. We're we're planning on drafting about August thirtieth, um, a week before Mansley draft, um, which is the week of Labor or Memorial Day weekend. Um, Labor Day. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we got about a. About a month, so uh, start doing your research, listen to the podcast, we'll get there. Okay, so for this first episode, we're going to talk about running backs. Um, I feel like with this year specifically, I'm not just talking about like Dynasty, that running backs, once you get outside like the top 10, top 15, they all become like the same player. It dips so it's fast. Like, it's so dry. It's, it's so dry. It's not like years past where I feel like it was much deeper. But uh, it's going to be different trying to rank these as dynasty players because you got to think about it not only for this year but for uh, the foreseeable future. So Yeah, it's really tough for rookies because you have to draft these rookies who have never even played an NFL snap. And, like, you just have to expect them, like, 
how, how they're going to play in the future, which, yeah. is, which is tough. There's really, Especially no, there's really no way you can know. I just kind of look at what college they went to, if they were in a good conference, and then if they're on a good team that actually would use them. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, let's uh, – we made our consensus, like, about top 20 here for running backs. Uh, I'm just going to list off the, the top five, and then we're just going to discuss them. Uh, start off, of course, number one, no surprise here, is Christian McCaffrey. Number two, we have Saquon. Three, Zeke. Number four, we have Kamara. And then rounding up the top five, we have Delvin Cook. Uh, anyone disagree with these? No, I feel like these top five are pretty similar for majority of fantasy players. I think everybody uh, is going to have C-Mac as their number one for Dynasty or regular drafts. In general, um, you could argue Saquon as your number one, but I think it's pretty um, straightforward that everyone's going to have Christian McCaffrey, Barkley, Elliott, Kamara, and Cook, or you could argue Chubb in their top five. Yeah, um, so I actually was pretty low on Dalvin Cook. Um, one of my like my biggest draft strategy in a dynasty startup, um, which is actually why running backs are so tough for me this year, um, is safety and. Uh, I don't see a lot of safety in Delvin Cook right now. Um, he does have so much ceiling, but I think he does uh, really have a lot to risk in the injury potential. Um, but, I mean, I guess just to talk about my top five, um, McCaffrey really speaks for himself, um, super involved in the passing game, so many snaps. Um, he's just the unanimous 101. Um, Saquon, to me, is number two. Um, he does have a really high floor. Um, his receiving ceiling might be a little bit lower with Daniel Jones um, being a little bit mobile. Um, by the way, I do look for a lot for receiving in my running backs. I think that's the biggest thing in half PPR and PPR leagues. Um, but he's just a complete workhorse. Um, the Giants just drafted an, an offensive lineman in the first and third round. Um, I think Saquon's going to have a hell of a year as long as he can stay healthy um, and get off that high ankle sprain. Um, and then coming in at three, Zeke. Um, offensive line, just one of the best in the league. The only thing that worries me about Zeke um, is that Mike McCarthy is coming in from Green Bay. Um, we Shocker. We, uh, we know that Mike McCarthy loved to pass in Green Bay. Um, the last 300 carry running back under Mike McCarthy. Um, let's see if you guys can get it because it's been a while. It's got to be, yeah, uh, be Ryan Grant. What year? 2010. Nikki says 2010. I would guess right around there, 2009, maybe. 2008. The last time Mike McCarthy had a 300-carry running back was 2008 with Ryan Grant. He also didn't have Zeke. Yeah, he He did not have Zeke. Um, But, I mean, hey, just something to to think about. Um, I mean, I definitely think Zeke could handle that 300-carry workload, um, but definitely something to think about. He's in a great scenario, great contract, great OL. Love it. yeah, uh, I can't disagree with the top three. I think pretty much everyone's going to have the same top three. Um, but the only thing I kind of disagreed with was I have Cook actually at four and Kamara at five, so I kind of flipped those two. Um, I just think Cook is just just a better running back than Kamara, and I like uh, how Minnesota involves him in the offense, just uh, giving him... Giving him uh, the screen passes that worked really effectively last year. I mean, he had over 500 receiving yards last year and 1,100 rushing yards and 14 touchdowns. You can't, really can't uh, complain with that. So um, the only thing, the only thing that scares me about Dalvin Cook is if I take Dalvin Cook in as my first round running back, I feel like I need to to reach on Alexander Madison because there is a really good chance that Dalvin Cook goes down. And ruins your fantasy team for a long time. I agree. Well, that's a good point. I don't. I don't really have a problem with that either because I also think like Madison could. He, he showed last year that he's he's very uh, good at, in the backup role like that. But um, I still believe in Delvin Cook. Um, he did great last year. I think he's going to be just as good this year. It's just he has, has to stay healthy for the whole season, and he's definitely a top five back. Um, I have him at number four, and then. Uh, and number five, Kamara, I think he's definitely going to have a bounce back year this year. Mm-hmm. Um, he always gets, I, I looked at this, in every single season, he's had exactly 81 receptions. 
which is nuts to me. I'd n- I would n- never have yeah. thought that, especially last year. He only played 14 games. Uh, so he's just crazy half-point PPR beast. Yeah, uh, I think Kamara really just got killed last year. Um, he had a high ankle sprain, and I think the thing that Kamara does best is just be elusive. Um, and that high ankle sprain just completely kills his game. Um, he led the, his team last year in goal line carries. He doubled off Latavius Murray, 7-3. at three. Um, He had seven targets inside the 10. Latavius Murray had none. Uh, the only other player on the Saints with more was Michael Thomas, obviously, um, at nine. So he had 97 targets last year, which is, almost, which is 16% um, of the total targets. And he only had one touchdown, um, which is really low. Um, with all the targets he's getting inside the 10 and the amount of targets he gets in the offense, I really think he's going to take a leap in his touchdowns. I have him as my RB4 over Dalvin, over Chubb. I think he's taking a leap. Um, one thing I like to look at when I look at running backs is offensive line. Because offensive line can play a large factor in how they perform. So one reason why I like Zeke at number three is because, one, he has a contract. He just had that contract extension with the Cowboys. So he's, he's playing with them until 2026. Uh, Dallas, in 2019, they they were the fourth-best-ranked O-line. So with him staying there until 2026, odds are Dallas is going to be like within the top 10 for O-lines in the future. Um, looking at Kamara, I did notice he had 81 receptions for three straight seasons, which is great for a running back and kind of unheard of with his consistency. He was actually the fifth-most-targeted running back in 2019. Um, but the thing is, he's never uh, rushed over 1,000 yards. Um, so it's something I'm trying to get over is his consistency in the run game. But um, with the Saints adding uh, Cesar Ruiz from Ruiz uh, with their first pick, uh, the Saints had the possibility of being the first or the second best O-line in 2020. I think they were a top five O-line in 2019. I could be wrong on that. Um, but they have a really consistent O-line. Um, another thing I like to look at is contract extensions. Kamara is on his last year of his contract. Um, I don't see as to why not they won't extend him in 2020. Um, if he does get that extension, that's great for him to be a top five running back in the future. Um, if he doesn't get that extension, I'm not really sure as to what could happen. So last thing about uh, this top five here with Kamara, and the only reason I have him lower than Cook is because I I just don't see him ever getting to like that 200 rush count the attempts. Uh, he's never done in his career. He's always had that kind of like big running back to back him up with Mark Ingram yep. before, and now he has Latavius Murray now. So I always think his carries are going to be down, but his receptions make up for that. But with you know Delvin Cook getting 250 carries last year, you just can't discount that. Um, I just think that's just. Uh, very a safe a safer pick to to go that route because he's just going to get more touches. Um, but let's move on here to uh, six through ten. Uh, starting off at six, we have Nick Chubb. At seven, we have Joe Mixon. At eight, we have Josh Jacobs. At nine, we have Miles Sanders. And sneaking into the top ten is Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Thoughts? Uh, <laughs> well, I can lead us off if you want. I had. Uh, I, you know, I had Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I think it is just uh, ridiculous that people <laughs> are putting him at the running back 10 spot. So you're taking him in every um, that we take that we do. You know, I think that's just... <laughs> to, think, to think that people would rather have Clyde Edwards-Hilaire than Derrick Henry to me is absolutely insane. Derrick Henry is coming off a 300-carry season. He's on a free agent until 2024. Football Outsiders ranked their offensive line as fourth best to the run last year. Derrick Henry is a definition of a true runner. And people want to take Clyde Edwards-Hilaire over Derrick Henry. To me, that is insane. Well, I would argue that, you know, Edwards-Hilaire is probably in the best offense in the league mm-hmm. with the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, he's also a rookie, so super young. He's going to be around for a while. Uh, and I look at, he was in the SEC, and he dominated in the SEC, which is the best conference in college football, so you can't really, you know, obviously college numbers are inflated a little bit, but the SEC is a tough, tough conference, so I believe those, those numbers will stay true. Um, and also, I know that Kansas City is, probably, is, is more of a, a passing offense, but I think with Mahomes and all those deep threats they have, it's, 
easy to Spreads. have them get the slip out screen and they'll just get those chunkage of yards all the time and I don't know I just I just think the future for Edwards Alaire is is more bright than Henry I'm not saying that he's better than Henry right now maybe not for this season but for the foreseeable future I definitely want Edwards Alaire over Henry um, yeah just to piggyback off what you said anyway I'm gonna I, I like to call him CEH because his name always messes with messes with me with your, so um, anyway I don't see him having much competition with uh, that freaking Dumbass Damian Williams and then Darrell Williams as well. Um, so I see him obviously being an RB1 right off the bat. Um, and then moving, well, let's see, I want to talk about Nick Chubb. Oh. Because Tom okay. likes Nick Chubb. I, I love, like Nick Chubb. I love, we all love, love Yeah, Nick we Chubb. all like, Tom's a little bit higher on Nick Chubb. I, I love Nick Chubb. You know who has had the most forced tackles since 2018? Who? Who do you think I'd be talking about right now? Who, man? Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb. 110. He basically, he almost led the league last year in rushing until Henry went off of those last final weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, super skilled back. He's the centerpiece of the Browns offense. It's been rebuilding since basically 2002. Uh, in 2019, Chubb's production did drop a little bit once Hunt was reinstated, which is one thing I worry about a little bit. But Hunt is going to be a free agent after this season. So I see Chubb being a top five running back um, past, 20, uh, past 2020 if, if Hunt is not... Um, resigned by the Browns. Yeah, um, you know, I I think Nick Chubb is a you know a lot of you know B and and Mickey here have Delvin a little higher than I do. Um, I have Nick Chubb two spots higher than Delvin um, for the sole reason that Nick Chubb has proven the ability to play sixteen games. Um, I am a little worried about this season with Kareem Hunt. Um, we saw last year in weeks one through nine, Nick Chubb was a complete dominator he was the running back six um and then when hunt was active he averaged six less points per game and dropped to the running back 15 um so it's definitely true that his production is lacking uh when kareem hunts on the field um but i think nick chubb has just proven to be a workhorse um he's just proven to be that guy in cleveland i think he has a really great outlook um, to be just a true runner. He doesn't get much work in the passing game, um, which kind of worries me, but I think he has a good situation, um, a good enough situation with Baker. The O-line um, was around 10th last year in the league, um, so I think that he's going to be in a good spot. I love Nick Chubb, definitely over Delvin in my uh, startup draft. Uh, I love I love Chubb, too. I had him I had him at 6, which is where we have him in the consensus here. You had him at 5, and mm-hmm. coming at him at 6, so we're all pretty even there. Um, I'm not as worried about Kareem Hunt for one reason. It's because last year, it's, I mean, based off last year, uh, he had almost as many receptions as he did carries. So I think they're going to be using him as more of it, maybe in the slot. They're going to be using both of them in in the game at the same time. And I think it's not going to take away from Chubb's carries. I think he's still going to be around that 270 really to bad. 290 carries like he did last year. Um yeah, he probably won't. He probably won't get the receptions, but I think he will get enough production with what he gets on the ground. And I do expect the Browns' offense to be significantly better this year with uh, Stefanski coming in. He was with the Vikings last year, and he showed what he did with Delvin Cook. And uh, and he even used uh, Madison a decent amount. Like surprisingly, like he he was actually uh, he would give you some decent weeks. He would get like uh, double digit touches sometimes and I feel like he's going to use Chubb and Hunt really well in this offense so I have no problems with Chubb uh I love him this year and he's still young and I think he's staying with the Browns and Hunt's gonna probably have his last year this year too um we all had Joe Mixon at seven if I'm correct I had Mixon at six you had him at six I love Joe Mixon we Oh, you had him at six? Yeah, I had Joe Mixon a little higher. I have him higher than Delvin. Um, I think he's just going to be such a beast. I think he had such a slow start um, last year. I know he goes kind of against my my stereotype running back. He doesn't get too involved in the passing game. Um, but just with the amount of volume he gets, I think he just really does have a running back, uh, a running back one potential. Um, from week 8 to 17 last year, he had seven weeks with 15 or more points and have PPR, uh, which was good for RB6. Yeah. When he was he was uh, 
you know, he was RB32 for the first half of the season, which is just atrocious, and I would not expect that out of my first-round running back. Um, but I think he really was just playing um, to his floor, and I think his ceiling is at the RB, uh, RB1 spot. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Do you think his potential is going is going to be going up higher because of A.J. Green's return and Joe Burrow? I think, yeah, I think, I mean, T. Higgins is coming to that offense. Yeah, Joe right. Burrow is coming to that offense. A.J. Green is back in the offense. Um, the, the one thing that I wish they really did was uh, like bolster the O-line a little bit. Yeah. Um, they had one of the worst offensive lines in football last high. year, um, and they didn't do anything to support it. Um, so, which which kind of is tough for Mixon, um, but I, I really think there's more opportunity for him to get involved in the passing game. Um, I haven't watched too much film on Burrow um, to know if he's like a checkdown quarterback like that. But Mixon only had seven percent of the target shares in uh, Cincinnati last year, which is uh, really low. Uh, so, if that goes up even a little bit, I think he gets the goal line work. He should be in a good spot. Mixon is definitely a monster. They're gonna they're gonna use him so much. He's gonna get so many touches every single game. Cause um, honestly, I don't know how much you could trust in AJ Green uh, coming off that season. Uh, and then uh, Tyler Boyd. I guess they're all right. But I think Mixon. This offense goes through Joe Mixon, and I think he's gonna get close. He got over three hundred touches last year. I think he does the same this year probably even more, and I think it'll be a little bit more efficient. He was only at 4.1 a carry last year, and I think he can only go up from there. I mean, 4.1 for a guy as talented as him, I think it has to go up from there. So I, I love Joe Mixon this year as well. Um, yeah, I don't really have much to say about Joe Mixon. You guys kind of hit everything. Um, I like Joe Mixon. I just think he's a good, he's a good example of a great player on a bad team. Um, he's on the last year of his contract, so depending on how this season goes, um, if he has another meh year at the Bengals and they record-wise they struggle, I could see Joe Mixon walking in 2021 20, free agency to a different team, which could benefit him, not really sure. Um, but another, like Tom was talking about the O-line, that is something I kind of wish they did fix or work on because they did have a bottom five O-line. But he was able to still rush for over um, 1,100 yards, which is kind of surprising. Um so I do like him. I have him at my number seven. Um, so I want to move on, I think, to number eight is Josh Jacobs. Yes. Um, me and B, I think, both had him at, at eight. Tom, what I think did we you all have had him at eight. I had sure. him at eight as well. Yeah. I love Josh Jacobs. I think the Raiders are in a rebuilding process, and he is easily going to be the RB1 for the team. As a rookie, only playing 13 games, he still managed to rush for over 1,100 yards, which is really good. Um, I feel like with the addition of Henry Ruggs being able to stretch out the field because of his speed, it might give more opportunities to Josh Jacobs to maybe have some of those bigger plays. Um, the Raiders also did have the 15th best offensive line, so they're kind of in the middle of the pack. If their O-line could, could improve a little bit, um, I don't see as why Josh Jacobs can't be a, a top eight running back. No, definitely. Uh, I... Again, I mean, I love all these top 10 guys. Once you get outside the top 10, that's where it gets a little iffy. But, yeah, Josh Jacobs going to be a beast this year. Um, coming out of college, I'm pretty sure he was he was looked at to be a pretty decent pass catcher, but he only ended up getting 20 receptions last year. I expect that to be close to double this year if he gets a full season. Um, and, I mean, obviously that's going to incre increase his, his uh, value with the half-point PPR. And... Just, just have to stay healthy. Because uh, 13 games, he still ended up being probably a, what, a top, I think it was top 12 last year, running back. Um, he finishes, uh, Josh Jacobs, I believe, finishes RB 13 last okay. year. Yeah, PPR? So, PPR? Um, through 13 games. I believe that was in uh, half PPR okay. leagues. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, definitely I love him here at, at uh, number eight. I think that's great value for a guy that's going to get, you know, over 250 carries and hopefully, you know, in that 35, 40 receptions range. Yeah, Josh Jacobs to me was tricky. And I think when I started looking deeper into my rankings, this was really tough for me. Um, I noticed this theme once I get past about Joe Mixon at six in my rankings, that every running back, starting with Delvin Cook and going all the way to 20, has a concern that I really just can't get over. And it makes me not want to draft them ever. But I have to. Um so for Josh Jacobs, um, obviously the floor um, is there. You know, the ceiling is there, the floor is there. Through 13 games last year, 
He missed a couple. Um, he finishes RB 13. He was top three in attempts per game and rushing yards. He had close to 250 carries and hit over 1,000 yards. If it weren't for Kyler Murray, he'd be rookie of the year. So things that I look for in a running back are volume, running ability, situation, offensive line, and most importantly, receiving ability. That's my favorite. He has a good offensive line, but he does not receive the ball. Like B said, he only had 20 receptions and 166 yards, which is atrocious. But it's not because he can't catch. It's because he can't block. Mike Mayock came out to the media and said, Jacobs has got the physical capabilities and the toughness to pass protect. We just have to make sure in Stage 2 this year, this development of his of him as a receiver, that he can do all of it. Mike Mayock is afraid to put Josh Jacobs in a situation where they need pass blocking, and it's really hurting his ability as a fantasy player. I love Josh Jacobs as my 8th best running back, but I think he needs to turn it around in the pass blocking game so he can become a part of the receiving game and turn into a top five potential running back and really increase his ceiling. So, yeah, at number nine, uh, I guess we have a disagreement here uh, with Miles Sanders. Tom is higher on him than me and Kevin. Uh, Tom has him at nine. Me and Kevin both have him at 11. It's pretty close, but he sneaks in at uh, our number nine consensus. Uh, why do you love Miles Sanders so much, Tom? Well, I mean, there's there's a lot to love about Miles Sanders, um, but I think really when I compare Miles Sanders, I'm I'm comparing him to Chubb and Mixon. Um, much better receiver than Chubb and Mixon both. Um, Chubb, by the way, I I want to say in five of his last six games with Kareem Hunt, had zero or one target which is terrible in a half PPR league. You want to avoid that at all costs, in my opinion. Um, Sanders, though, is using over a 10% target share, 63 passes to him, three touchdowns, uh, much more opportunity than Chubb and Mixon. But when Sanders was kind of stuck in Philly with Jordan Howard um, as a rookie, um, he wasn't utilized much. Um, but once Week 12 hit, Sanders really got the the go. You know, he got 16 carries a game, averaged 80 rushing yards and four receptions, good for 120 total yards per game and 20 combined touches. If you extrapolate that to 16 games at 20 touches a game, that's good for RB10. I love Miles Sanders as my RB9. A lot of people say um, that running back by committee is kind of a Doug Peterson thing. Um, but I kind of looked at the Eagles history here. Um, so in 2016, when Peterson came in to the Eagles, their lead running back was 29-year-old Ryan Matthews. In 2017, it was 31-year-old LeGarrette Blunt, And in 2018, it was undrafted Josh Adams. Peterson has never been with a running back as talented as Miles Sanders and with the ability of Miles Sanders. He's always had to cycle through running backs, but now he has an opportunity with Sanders. Look at when he was offensive coordinator of the Chiefs in 2013 to 2015. Jamal Charles had over 200 carries in 13 and 14, but then got hurt in five weeks into 2015. I think Peterson is going to recognize it with Sanders. He's easily, to me, um, in the top 10 running backs. I have him at number nine. I love him. I think he's going to be a great asset. Uh, I just want to say, um, Ryan Matthews in 2016, I drafted him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Good choice. He was, not, he was not a top 15 running back that season. Far from it. Yeah, I mean, I'm fine with Miles Sanders. I'm just not a, I don't know. He's just not exciting to me. Um, I don't know. I just got to see it. Yeah, I mean, he, he did show it at the end of last year, but I don't know. I just want to see it. And, I mean, like you said with Doug Peterson, it's just like he's got to show me that he's actually going to commit to one running back before I'll actually uh, believe it, you know? Yeah. Boston Scott, by the way, is like 190 pounds. Uh, not worried about Boston Scott. <laughs> well, Holbrook loves Boston Scott. I know yeah. that. So and, uh, Boston Cream Donuts, too. Pretty sure that's a Even more Boston. reason that I don't like Boston Scott. Um, their offensive line's great, by the way. Um, I think Miles Sanders is going to do great. Yeah, I, I have Miles Sanders at number 11. I will say Tom did bring up some interesting stats that I didn't really hear about. Um, which kind of does make me change a little bit about him. But the biggest concern is still the running back by committee, and B made a good point. He's not really – he has to first see what Peterson's going to do. If he's going to keep doing the running back by committee, it's hard to have Sanders as a top 10. Um, I think he's a very talented running back. He kind of reminds me a little bit of Saquon, maybe because they both went to Penn State. 
and they were both teammates on the team. I don't know why, but he kind of reminds me of Saquon. He does have a lot of potential in the passing game. Um, he had 63 targets last year. With him uh, hopefully being a clear running back one on the team, I see him having probably close to like 80 to 85 targets in 2020. So um, I like him, just not as high on, on him as Thomas. Um, but I will say I have reconsidered a tiniest bit after your stat line there. Good job, Tom. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right, stats. let's move on here. Uh, so we're going to go through, well, 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 honestly, let's just go 11 through 20 here. Because uh, I feel like we're okay. taking a little bit of time here, uh, 30 minutes in right now. So we'll go. We'll start at 11 here. We have uh, Derrick Henry at 11. We have rookie Jonathan Taylor at 12. Aaron Jones at 13. Austin Eckler at 14. Kenyon Drake at 15. Forceful. Leonard Fournette at 16, J.K. Dobbins at 17, David Montgomery at 18, Chris Carson 19, and Melvin Gordon at 20. Where so, do you guys want to start? Uh, let's just start with our 11. Let's go, let's go 11 through uh, 16. Who is our consensus 11 again? Derrick Henry. Oh. Derrick Henry. Um, yeah, I'm. I have Derrick Henry at 10. Um, I don't know. Derrick Henry is. Uh, it gets no passing work. He's the definition of a true runner. Um, I mean, like I said earlier, taking him over Edwards Hilaire seven, eight days a week. Um, but I mean, you know, you can only you can only carry the ball three hundred times so many seasons in a row. You know, Tennessee's got a good offensive line, but Derrick Henry has been through some work, um, and I mean, he re- he relies solely on volume. Um, he actually has lower uh, fantasy points per touch than Kenyon Drake by a decent margin. Um, Kenyon, they they were drafted in the same year. That's why I bring up Kenyon Drake. Um, Drake is, has the complete opposite, like story of of Henry. Completely underutilized. You know, it doesn't get that many touches, but Henry's just completely worked into the ground. Um, so I'm worried about him. But I mean, damn, the guy's a workhorse. He can run the ball, and that's no lie. Um, I'm not a big fan of Henry. I have him at 14. Um, only because of what Big Cat said on Barstool about how. <laughs> He only does well in cold weather. He started teeing off like after what, like week week ten when it started to get colder. Future He's not existed in the passing game, and it's just harder to tackle someone when it's cold out because it freaking hurts. So um, that's why I have him at fourteen because I don't see him doing the whole bunch until I don't know maybe in late October. Um, I could be wrong. Uh, maybe I'm a little too harsh on him, but that's basically the only reason why I have him at fourteen. And, yeah. and he's not existed in the passing game. No, me and Tom agree here. We both have him at 10, actually. Uh, you know, I, I love Derek Henry. He's going he's gonna to get probably 300 carries once again. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, he's probably not going to see 20 receptions, though. So, I mean, that's, that's kind of worrisome. But it seems like when he, he does break, like, a reception for, like, 80 yards every year, <laughs> just, like, for a touchdown, which is just crazy to me because his average for receptions last year uh, – if I could bring it up here, was at 11.4 yards per reception. Like, there's no way you could keep that up. But, yeah, uh, I, I still like the volume from, from Derrick Henry, and I think Tennessee has no choice but to use him because uh, you can only go so far with Ryan Tannehill. It showed that in the playoffs. Uh, they just rode on the back of Derrick Henry. It took him, took him far, and for good reason because he's, he's a hell of a running back. Um, Who was our number 12? Our number 12 was rookie Jonathan Taylor. Okay. Um, I like Jonathan Taylor. Uh, Kevin was the highest on Jonathan Taylor at number 10. Uh, I have him at 14, and Tom had him at 15. Um, the reason I like Don- Jonathan Taylor, at least as a top 15 back, is because the Colts have a really good offensive line, and I don't believe in Marlon Mack. Uh, no. I, I think he's the definition of average. Yeah. Uh, I think Jonathan Taylor is going to take over this running, uh, this backfield really quickly. And uh, I think they're going to use him a lot, with especially with Phillip Rivers now. I mean, I don't know how much you could get out of him. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I like Jonathan Taylor a lot. And he, with Wisconsin, Big Ten, good Power Five conference. He had over 2,000 rushing yards last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not going to ignore that, so... I like Jonathan Taylor here. Yeah, um, just basically situation. I mean, he's has 
barely any competition with Marlon Mack going into 2020. Uh, the Colts had the, the number one offensive line last year with Quentin Nelson leading the pack. Um, so that's basically the only reason why I have him at 10. It's just a situation. I see him being the starter right away. And um, with Phillip Rivers coming into Indianapolis, I don't see him doing a whole lot in the passing game. And I see him kind of using Jonathan Taylor as um, a weapon to, uh, yeah, do good. And he's opening up a beer and it distracted me. My bad. We'll cut that out. <laughs> yeah, Jonathan Taylor was my uh, first rookie off the board at 15. Um, the boys here draft rookies a little higher than I do. Um, definitely love the age, but, you know, I like a little proven talent. But anyway, True. Uh, Jonathan Taylor in at 15 for me. Um, I think Taylor was, you know, he was the most productive running back in college. He's the most efficient in college. He was one of the most prof- prolific uh, running backs, period, in college. Uh, he gets drafted into a, a decent situation behind Quentin Nelson. Um, he's got some issues. You know, he's got some issues in pass protection. He's got some issues um, with fumbles, but he can definitely clean those up. I think Taylor's going to be a good get, a good running back. Okay, so moving on here. Uh, we have uh, at our consensus, consensus 13, 14, 15, Aaron Jones, Austin Eckler, and Kenyon Drake. I feel like these are very, uh, you know, interchangeable yeah. guys here. I think they, you know, pretty similar. They they do get a decent amount of receiving work, uh, and uh, you know, they're. I think probably so a favorite out of the three. My favorite out of the three is actually Austin Eckler, with Melvin Gordon leaving. I I mean, he's obviously number one back there. Um, he's gonna get crazy amount of receptions again. That's where he does most of his damage, actually. But I think he's going to get actually more carries now since Melvin's gone. And uh, I think that just uh, he has no no place but to go then up uh, with the Chargers because they have Tyrod Taylor. doesn't really, uh, you know, spread out the ball. I think he's going to be, you know, dink and dunk with an Austin Eckler's the definition of a perfect uh, running back for a quarterback like that. Um Austin Eckler had 92 receptions last year, and I think it'll be it'll be just right around there this year as well. So I think I like favorite? I think I like Eckler the most out of those three. Uh, out of those three, I think I also like Eckler. Um, Eckler is just such a, a unique running back. Um, the you know there are some things that scare me about him though. Um, Eckler has always had really low points per carry. Um, he started his, in 2017 with .81 points per carry, and I dipped all the way down over the years to .56 points per carry in 2019, um, which is extremely low. But Eckler's the kind of guy that could potentially give you um, running back one production with like a 150 carries, 100 receptions type of season, which I definitely think is in his, uh, his range of outcomes. Um, but the Chargers really don't have a dedicated feature in true running back, you know, like Eckler is not the definition of a true workhorse running back. Um, so I'm definitely a little fearful if they draft one of those. Um, you know, he's not a free agent until 2024, um, but I, I'm a little worried about his situation and just the Chargers' uh, need for a true running back. But I do like Eckler. Uh, who do you guys, or Kevin, who do you um, like? Mine, I mean, I like Eckler a lot too. My, my, my favorite out of the pack is probably Aaron Jones. Um, if because I think Jones is on the last year of his contract this year. If Green Bay is able to re-sign Jones and let Jamal Williams walk <laughs> in 2020, I know they're really thinking about that. Uh, I like Jones as an RB two for a dynasty pick. Um, though my biggest concern is that so many of his points just came primarily off touchdowns. Uh, for an example, like he had, he had 19 touchdowns, 19 total touchdowns in 2019. Uh, an example would be in 2018, Gurley was the number one in touchdowns with 21. But then in 2019, he finished 14, but he was hurt in 2019. But the, another example would be number two in 2018 was Kamara. He had 18. In 2019, he finished with just six. So I just don't like relying um, on running backs just just due to their touchdowns. Now, I'm actually going gonna, gonna to rebut that. I am by far the least. I, I think Aaron Jones, I am the the lowest on mm-hmm. in that group specifically. Um, Aaron Jones, and I really hope he proves me wrong. I love the guy. 
Um, but I hate his situation. He is a free agent in 2021. Um, he ha- he just has so many playtime issues. He last year he played 61% of snaps. Jamal Williams is on the field for the Packers 35% of the time. And in the second round, Brian Gutekunst picks up A.J. Dillon. He saw three receiving targets on only 68 targets, which is extremely high. And 49 it was 49 receptions. Um, and obviously with the rushing touchdowns, with 19 touchdowns, completely yeah. unsustainable. Not, yeah, not yeah. sustainable Aaron Jones averages 0.8, per game, 0.8 touchdowns per game in his career which is insane. 1.2 touchdowns last year. That is coming down this year. And he's had some history with injuries. He's had a little bit of uh, hamstring, and I want to say ankle issues. Um, once again, I always talk about safety and dynasty. With his situation, his history, and the potential for th- a three-running-back split backfield um, in Green Bay, it's tough for me to take Aaron Jones. You know, I had I had him at eleven, but looking back, I'm definitely more in like the thirteen, fourteen range yeah, for him. Yeah, I'm hearing you speak, and you actually had him the highest out of all three of us. Uh, you had him at eleven, coming out of him at thirteen. I I had him at fifteen. Uh, but yeah, uh, out of those, also, I mean, I'll just say really quickly. I think, uh, especially for this year, Kenyon Drake, I think he's going to be a beast. With the Cardinals, I just I just love the Cardinals' offense this year with uh, Kyler Murray making the next step forward, picking up DeAndre Hopkins, just going to spread out the field, and I think just the end of the year with Kenyon Drake last year with the Cardinals, just uh, I think they're going to stick with that, and I think he's going to continue. Uh, I have him higher as far as like if it was just like for this year, I love Kenyon Drake, but for you know foreseeable future, I like him at at the spot in uh, at fifteen. Um, Love so, Kenyon Drake. Uh, I actually have I have a fact about Kenyon Drake that kind of surprised me. Mm-hmm. Um, so we all know Kenyon Drake in Miami was just criminally underused. Uh, he had 33 carries in 2017 and 133 in 2018, and that was good for 5.2 and 4.8 yards per carry. Um, and 2018, though, was kind of his year. He was used a lot. Um, his carries dropped 13 to 120, but he added 19 receptions. He had 57 fewer touches than Derrick Henry in 2018, but he finished better than Derrick Henry at running back 14. So, uh, full point PPR? Or half? Yeah. Well, half point PPR and full point PPR even more so. You said 2018 or 2019? 2018. 2019 was terrible. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck that was? <laughs> uh, 2019 was terrible. Uh, they had some obsession with Kalen Bellage. Um, but, yeah. Big, uh, the big lesson, passing is catching passes is huge. Yeah, not being a runner. All right, B, did you want to move on to the next? Uh, yeah, so three, we'll just finish up here with uh, fifth, uh, 16 through 20. Uh, kind of got some older guys here with uh, Fournette at 16, and then actually got a rookie at 17 with J.K. Dobbins. 18, we got Montgomery, and then 19, Carson, 20, Melvin Gordon. Did you have a favorite out of those? My favorite out of all those uh, for this year will probably be Chris Carson. I have Dobbins one spot ahead of Chris Carson um, just because of youth. And Chris Carson, uh, he kind of he does get banged up a lot, and he did worry me with those uh, those fumbles last year. I think he had, like, I don't even know. I, I, don't know. Had, I remember he had at least five as a fumbles, fantasy owner, five or six fumbles as yeah. a running back. Not good. Um, but I would say because Pete Carroll has shown he loves to work running backs, just run him into the ground. He'll just he'll just he did it with Marshawn Lynch even when he was in his thirties. Yeah, he'll do it with Chris Carson in his mid twenties. Um, so I'll say Chris Carson for this year, but for the foreseeable future, Dobbins. Um, Tom, did you have a favorite? Um, I mean, I don't know. I have Leonard Fournette highest on my rankings out of those guys. Um, but it is just so hard for me to take Leonard Fournette. I think that is just so hard to, like, the dude only produces on volume. He's a free agent in 2021. His offensive line is ranked 27th. Um, I'm actually, when we get to the QB segment, we'll definitely talk about Gardner Minshew. I'm a little high on Gardner Minshew. Um, 
But uh, mm-hmm. but that yes. offense is just a pile of shit. Um, I mean, I expect him to gain some touchdowns this year. Um, on 265 carries last year, the man had three rushing touchdowns, which is just atrocious, and no receiving touchdowns on 101 targets. Um, so, I mean, I think he only has room to grow. I think we kind of saw close to Fournette's uh, floor last year. Um, so, I, I think we're going to see a little better than people are thinking, but, uh, oh my god, it just, it makes me oh. cringe to, to take Leonard Fournette, but I think he's better than any of those guys that we just rattled off. So, you were mentioning him being a free agent in 2021, which is true, but I see that as a positive, because I see him getting out of Jacksonville in 2021 and going to a team that's losing a running back, for example, like Seattle, Chris Carson's a free agent in 2021, Dalvin Cook, if he doesn't get his, um, extension in 2021, he's a free agent as well. Aaron Jones, a free agent. Uh, there's a few other teams that are losing running backs. So um, I like Leonard Fournette because he's the definition of a workhorse. He get he had 265 attempts last year with over 1,100 yards. Not um, pretty low for his uh, yards per carry, but I believe he's just a great running back on a terrible team. And he's and I like how underrated he is in the passing game. He had 76 receptions in 2019. Um, my only hope is that he is able to get off of the frickin' Jags in 2021. Um, and Tom was saying that we did see his floor kind of last year. Um, to be honest, I see him being actually a little bit worse this year than next year, but I see it more mm-hmm. as an investment uh, in my eyes. Yeah, I agree. I think he's going to be worse this year. I don't see him getting to 76 receptions no, this year. I don't like, not even close. I have him at uh, maybe between, like, 40 and 50 receptions this year. I just, I don't know. I, I just, think I think that they're they're just going to key in on Fournette because, I mean, mm-hmm. it's just, it's basically Fournette and Chark. And that's it. I just think that he's not going to have a good uh, yards per carry number. He's going to get a lot of carries, mm-hmm. but I don't know how much he's going to do with it, you know? Yeah, I agree. Uh, so I'm just, I'm down on Fournette this year. Uh but you could be right about that free agency. If, if he does move next year, then it could be very good for him because he, he is a really good running back. In 2021, there's a lot of teams that are losing running backs if they don't resign him. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so does that conclude our top 20 running backs? Yeah, so that concludes our rankings for the uh, running backs for Dynasty this year. Um, you want to do some, some buy-sell? I have a couple. I have a couple, too. All right. Uh, you want to start us out? All right, I'll start. I'll start us off. <laughs> so, uh, in a half point PPR league, do you buy or sell Kenyon Drake as a top ten running back in twenty twenty? In twenty twenty, I'd buy it. I'd buy it with an air raid offense with Kyler Murray, Cliff Kingsbury. DeAndre Hopkins, Larry Fitzgerald, Christian Kirk. Um, I see them throwing the ball a lot, so I see Kenyon Drake getting a good amount of targets. And then um, as for rushing, I don't think he's going to be amazing, but I still think he could slip into top ten. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I definitely think that that top ten running back is in Kenyon Drake's um, range of outcomes. His story last year was pretty interesting. After I, I you know, I talked a little earlier about his 2018 season, um, and compared to Derrick Henry. Um, through week eight last year when he was traded, uh, when he was on Miami, he was bad. He was terrible. Um, <laughs> he was running back 42. He was unknown. Mm-hmm. Um, he might as well have been on waivers, you know? Um, I held on to him though. And he, he helped me at the end of the season. <laughs> <laughs> um, then something magical happens to Kenyon Drake. He's traded to the Cardinals through from weeks eight through 17. Kenyon Drake finishes as your running back six in the off season. David Johnson's out. This is Kenyon Drake's backfield. His offensive line did struggle, um, but one of the stats that I really like that Football Outsiders has is called the stuff rating, um, which is the percentage of runs that end up at the line or behind it. The Cardinals only ranked, they ranked eighth best in the league. Um, so it's not like they're getting stuffed to the line too much. Their run blocking is not the greatest, um, but there's not going to be too many negative yards to be had for Kenyon Drake. Um, they have a contract decision to make next year. Um, he's a free agent. It's hard to believe he's been in the league that long with yeah, this right. little production. Uh-huh. 
Um, but it's going to be a cool year next year, you know. DeAndre Hopkins, Cliff Kingsbury seems to be the offensive mind the Cardinals need. Um, I mean, I just think it's going to be open season for him. The only teams that have used him have seen almost five yards per carry. Think he's going to be that guy. So what's the verdict? Think he's top ten running back. You're buying. Twenty. I'm buying. So we are actually all buying. I definitely agree with both of these guys that Kenyon Drake's going to be a top ten. I um, just for I I made our standard league rankings. I have him at number nine for standard, and he's even higher for half point PPR for sure. Um, but yeah, I agree with everything Tom had to say, and I mean, it's just going to be used a lot. I mean, there's really no one competing for that for. Workload in that backfield. You got you got Chase Edmonds there, man. He's gonna yeah. He's gonna do a lot there. No, I don't. I don't believe that. So, Kenyon Drake definitely. I would say top ten. And I I, I would say we should uh, keep track of these and see who's right. and see who's right towards the end of the year. I'm I'm just gonna jot it down here, and then we could go um, to Kevin's by so. Sure, I'll go on to mine. Um, all right, we're moving over to Chicago with David Montgomery. Mm. Oh, David I like Montgomery, this. Over eleven hundred rushing yards. By yourself. <laughs> he had 889 rushing yards in 2019, 16 games played. Um, 1,100? 1,100. I'm going to have to sell that. I'm selling big time. I want no part of the Chicago Bears offense. I want no part um, of anything of David Montgomery's stay in Chicago. I think David Montgomery is a super talented running back. Um, I just think he's put in a tough situation. Um, I mean... To be fair, the offense runs through him and Allen Robinson. Um, not, but I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, not bench Mitch. Um, <laughs> but I'm just not loving David Montgomery, and to to say that he's going to increase his yards by 200 um, after he played a full 16 last year is hard for me. I just don't see it. Yeah, uh, I have to sell it as well. I do believe he's going to get. A lot of carries. I think he's going to be near that 260 range, but I have him just below 1,100, actually. I have him over 1,000, but I don't see the efficiency being there. I think he's right around four four yards of carry, so I'm going to have to sell. Um, I'm having a risky buy. Risky buy. Like, 1,100 like yards. Hey, I mean, I hope so, right? I know, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I like him. I think he's a risky buy. Um I just think that the Bears will figure out their offense a little bit more. Um, I'm just optimistic with him. Maybe that's why I'm buying him. Um, that's basically all I got to say. That's it. All right, I have one more here, and Tom's going to love this. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's it's your man, Clyde. Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Mm-hmm. Are you buying or, or selling that he goes over 1,000 rushing yards in 2020? Selling. That's tough. I think that's it a. Tough. It's very. I think that's a, a good number. For uh, my man Clyde Edwards, um, I honestly think I'm going to sell. I think that he's going to clock in close to like 850. Yeah. If I were to guess, um, I don't think that Andy Reid is going to drive him into the ground. Um, I think his total yards is going to be something that's going to get um, owners a lot of value. Um, Pat Mahomes loves the dude. Andy Reid loves the dude. Um, I think he called him Brian Westbrook, but better. Yeah, um, I thought I saw something like that. Like, mm-hmm. damn, that's a that's yeah. a that's a pretty tough ask. But I think a thousand in his rookie season. Uh, when we look at pass heavy, you know, too. what like workhorse rookies like mm-hmm. like Josh Jacobs have done. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's going to be a little lower, but I mean. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna cry and sell because I love him, yeah. but I'm selling. And surprisingly, I'm also selling this. Uh, I just think that the Chiefs are just such a pass-heavy offense. I just think it just runs through Mahomes. I think he'll have I think he'll have a decent amount of receiving yards. I think he'll be right around that 1,200, yeah. 1,300 uh, total yards. Yeah. For this for the season, uh, but as far as rushing, I don't think he. I mean, he might get to 200 carries. I don't, I mean, maybe not. <laughs> but I, I have him in the 900s. I have him just below. Is there anything else? Uh, did you have any, Tom? Um, I did not have any uh, buy sells. You have more? Yeah, I got Let's more. Let's hear them. Okay. I'm ready. Uh, you want me to do a team one? Team Go ahead. One? All right. Um, Cardinals make the playoffs as a seventh seed. Because there's seven seeds this year. 
It's an easy buy for me. Oh, really? <laughs> easy buy, okay. Um, Because I thought about it with the sixty I was selling, but then once I heard about the seven, I forgot about the seventh seed. It made it more interesting. I think hmm. I think they are. I think they were very competitive last year, even though even though like the record didn't really show. Yeah, they were five, ten, and one. Just so you guys know. Yeah, but they. I feel like they were competitive in like almost. They were like, uh, most of their games, and I just think I think Kyler's really good. DeAndre obviously adds a lot of value, and uh, I just think the the Cardinals are are a good team. I I, I mean especially with the the extra seventh seed added. I think the Cardinals uh, make it. I think it's a risky buy too. I think they just sneak in there. I I think uh, I think I want to sell the Cardinals as getting in there the seven seed. Um, you know they're not winning the division. No. You know, mm-hmm. um, and I, while I while I think the Cardinals have a have a decent shot to contend um, for that seven spot, I think that they're a year or two away. You know, I think Kyler is coming. Coming on to what could be MVP. an MVP season, I think Kenyon Drake could potentially have his breakout year. Um, you know, the pickup of DeAndre Hopkins. But it's just one of those things where I just have a gut feeling where I, I don't see the Cardinals going from, I don't want to say worse to first, but, you know, maybe just just to getting to <laughs> getting to a decent team um, to contend for that seven seed. I'm going to sell. Do you think that they will finish... Worse than the Rams? That's tough. The Rams? Well, the, see, if they I finish think, worse than the Rams in their last place, right? Because yeah, we all know 49ers take the division. Yeah. yeah. And then Seattle's probably is definitely a wild card or division winner. I think the only way Cardinals make it is if they're And that's the thing is that, you know, I think. Sneaky. Yeah, I think Seattle has one wild card spot. Yeah. I think one wild card spot is coming out of the NFC West. And the Cardinals would have to get in on the second wild card spot out of the NFC West. Mm-hmm. And when they play Seattle twice a year, they play Frisco One's twice a year. One definitely come out of the NFC. I don't know if the NFC South. I mean, maybe Tampa. Tampa. NFC North, maybe Vikings. Yeah. They always sneak but in. the NFC East is always yuck. It's always yeah, yuck. East is yuck. Yeah. It's, yeah. Not, it's always bad. <laughs> yeah. Eagles or boys just taking the first one. I don't know. Yeah, but that, I mean, yeah, I forgot about the Cowboys and the Eagles. Okay, so. You are selling, you're buying. I'm going to sell the Cardinals in the seventh seed. Um, do you want to do one more, or what else do you want to do? Yeah. Um, I got a couple of quick ones we can do. Yeah, so. Is um, our time at right now? I have about an hour. 57 minutes. All right, we'll do like one more. Okay. Yeah. You got to go on B. I feel like an hour is a good thing. All right. Um, I'm going to get back to Saquon here. And my man's. My man Saquon. Does he get back to his? It's this is an over. Does he get back to his rookie rushing touchdown total of eleven rushing touchdowns this year? Yes. Yes. For the Giants, yes. you have confidence. Yes. Saquon is, in my opinion, the most the, skilled, the most like skilled running around, back all around, around back. In, the, in the NFL. He only had six rushing touchdowns last year. Yeah, but he was hurt. Played thirteen games. Sorry. I think he does. Um, last year, I we talk all the time about these high ankle sprains. Um, worst injury for a running back to get, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, so he only played thirteen games um, before the injury. He's averaging six point four yards per carry. It's one hundred and four yards per game. That's nuts. Mm-hmm. During the injury, he's averaging eighty four yards and three point two yards per carry. Literally half. Um, so I think he was looked down upon a lot because of that injury. Um, when he was kind of coming off during those last three weeks of oh, the season, he went off, he went off 6.2 <laughs> yards per carry, almost 180 yards per game, and 25 touches. He was handling the workload fine. Um, I think the dude's just a workhorse. His floor is super high. Um, I'm still iffy on Daniel Jones. Um, he's a little mobile, so he's going to take away from his pass-catching ability. But if we're talking about running touchdowns, I think 11 is a buy. Who has bigger quads, you or him? Uh, I mean... I, uh, you have thunder thighs, remember? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I squat one thirty five for eight, so I probably have bigger quads. Yeah, same. I probably have more acne on my quads. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, nice. 
is that uh, I think that might conclude episode one of the Wrangler uh, Dynasty podcast. Yeah, I think I think that that's all we got. I think it went pretty well for today. I yeah. Hopefully, you all enjoyed it. Maybe we'll have um, um, a visitor on episode two. Yeah, Maybe. along with our fourth host, Nick Holbrook. Yeah. <laughs> If he shows up, I don't, I don't. I mean, maybe he was just making excuses today, but no, I don't he's know. Just scared. He's just scared to oh, talk some talk some football. But yeah, uh, I guess we'll uh, see you back next year when we break down the wide receivers. All right, guys. See you next week. Kyle, put your headphones on. Listen up. You got some knowledge to take in. See you next week for the receivers. See ya.